in Acts chapter 16 Paul and Silas were going up to pray and a gal with a spirit of divination followed them and pestered them and began to just agitate and hinder what God was wanting to do they cast that spirit out of her well it made their masters angry they filed charges so to speak I'm going to paraphrase this and bring it into our terminology and they filed charges bring them before the magistrates and they tie them up and whip them laid many stripes on them cast them into prison as you read that story it says about midnight Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises midnight typically representing the darkest hour in your life they prayed as we do in those dark hours but sad to say few of us have learned how to do the second part of that and that's to praise they praised while they were still in jail still in shackles still in chains still in prison yet they praised him like that song said and I had no idea what Skeeter was going to sing and you need to learn to praise God in your midnight hour Amen. yes you need to pray yes you need to let your needs and requests be made known unto him you need to ask in faith believing and expecting and you need to walk that walk of faith not looking at side by side at what you see or hear or what people say but then you need to follow that prayer and expectation and faith with praise. Amen. Have you ever asked yourself, why? Why praise him in the middle of all of that? There's multiple reasons. Number one, he's worthy of praise. Amen. There's none like him. Never has been, never will be. Number two, the Lord, what? Inhabits the praises of his people. Now, if your situation's as dark and dreary as you think it is, don't you want him where you're at? Then begin to praise him. Because he inhabits that praise in that dark hour, that troublesome time, that lonely place, that dark place. He will come and he will inhabit that. And as they did that, what happened? The shackles fell off. They lead the jailer to the Lord. The doors open. They go out of there. And I bet there was some real praising going on then, don't you? And see, when you praise him in that midnight hour, you're declaring his greatness. You're declaring his power. You're declaring his majesty. You're declaring his victory. You're declaring his might when you need it the most. So learn to praise him in the middle of your turmoil. Now that had nothing to do with what I feel like the Lord wants me to share with you tonight. 
I want to read you a, a simple passage from John chapter 5. John, page 961 and mine. Now tonight I'm reading from the New King James Version. I'm reading from this a little bit more often because my old King James that I've read from, studied from, preached from all these years, to be quite honest with you, is it's actually falling apart. And I need to get it rebound somewhere. If anybody knows a place in town I can get that done, get with me because I'd sure enough hate to lose whew, all that stuff I got in there after 41 years of preaching out of it. John chapter 5. Now, in the preceding chapter, Jesus had returned to Galilee, Cana, where he performed his first miracle of turning the water into wine, and now he's healed a nobleman's son. And we pick up in chapter 5, verse 1, it says, After this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is in Jerusalem by the sheep gate a pool, which is called in Hebrew, Bethesda having five porches. In these lay a great multitude of sick folk, blind, lame, paralyzed, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain time into the pool and stirred up the water. And then whoever stepped in first after the stirring of the water was made well of whatever disease he had. Now a certain man was there who had had an infirmity 38 years. And when Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had already been in that condition a long time, he said unto him, Do you want to be made well? The sick man answered and he said, Sir, I have no man to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up, but while I am coming, another steps down before me. Jesus said to him, Rise, take up your bed and walk. And immediately the man was made well, took up his bed and walked. And that day was the Sabbath. Uh-oh, you see where that's going. The Jews therefore said to him who was cured, It is the Sabbath. It is not lawful for you to carry your bed. And he answered them, He who made me well said to me, Take up your bed and walk. Then they asked him, Who is the man who said to you, Take up your bed and walk? But the one who has healed did not know who it was. For Jesus had withdrawn a multitude being in that place. After Jesus found him in the temple and he said unto him, See, you have been made well. Sin no more, lest a worse thing come upon you. And the man departed and he told the Jews that it was Jesus who had made him well. I want to begin tonight by saying unequivocally, unreservedly, and unashamedly that I believe scripture to be 100% infallible true and powerful and his word declares that Jesus is the same yesterday today and forever I've been sharing with you a lot in recent weeks about our expectation level about our faith expanding and growing. And I'm in try I've been trying to encourage you to understand that that will only happen one way. 
It, that's if you delve into the Word of God for yourself. You may not think you understand it, but I promise you that computer's breaking things down that you don't even realize that's happening. But if you'll hide the Word of God in your heart, you won't sin against Him. It's absolutely imperative that you... For your own self, so that you can be a mature, strong man or woman of God. That you ingest the Word of God. You absorb the Word of God. You hide the Word of God in your heart. So that you have ammunition to fight the devil with. So that your faith has been ex exercised and strengthened and fortified and grown in you. So that you're able to do what needs to be done at the moment the need arises. There's not one circumstance or situation that you can face in life, not one, that the answer of how to handle it isn't in this book. But if you don't read it, you're not going to know it. And you're not going to know how to use it. And guess what? You stand a really good chance of messing up. I'd like to go somewhere else, but I've got to stay where the Lord wants me because this is going to be real simple. I want you to notice the first point I want to make is in verse 6 where Jesus asked a simple question. Do you want to be well? Do you want to be whole? Do you want to be different than the way you are right now, open range? Do you want to be the new improved you? Do you want to Go from, woe is me, into great is me because of he that is in me. Amen. Do you want to get to that place to where you're armed and dangerous to where, like in the movie Nutty Professor, it's a long, short walk over here, but you're going to limp back. You tell that devil to come on. Listen. The Word tells us to, to submit ourselves, therefore, unto the Lord. It's got to start there, folks. I hear people all the time say, Well, you know, the Word says just resist the devil and he'll flee from you. That ain't entirely what it says. It says submit yourself, therefore, unto the Lord. Resist the devil and he'll flee from you. He only flees from you when you're submitted and committed and anointed and empowered by the Word of God. I want you to know something. The, the anointing of God is the supernatural empowering of God upon us that causes us to be able to accomplish and to do things that in and of ourselves we could never do. It's the anointing. It's the empowering of God that breaks yokes. It's the anointing of God that sets captives free. It's the anointing of God that causes us to desire and hunger and thirst for more of Him. That's the living water that comes from His Word, the anointed Word of God. His Word is already anointed. But I need for the Lord to approve of my lifestyle and anoint me for the task at hand. To anoint you for the task at hand. To anoint you to go through what you're facing. Because 
The natural man is of no match for the supernatural. We got to have God put his super on our natural so that we can do supernatural things. So that we can live a supernatural life above what the flesh would live. In other words, the natural man. Do you want to be different than you are tonight? You need to ask yourself and be honest with yourself. Do, am I content with me? Do I need change? And, and, and that can encompass a wide array of things from salvation to deliverance to relationships to finance. You just fill in the blank. Or does, does there need to be change in your life? Do you want it to be different? Now I'm going to tell you what I feel like the Lord has spoken to me uh, during the service a while ago when he had me go here. A lot of you need to be different in this sense. Whoo, help me, Lord. I'm not taking a shot at anybody. But some of you are carrying things. It's eating you alive. And you don't even realize, or nor do you, or have you embraced, I should say, the forgiveness that God's already given you. You're allowing the devil to place condemnation upon you and you're carrying a ball and chain around with you from years in the past. Past failures. You've heard me tell how for the first 15 years that I was a preacher, I battled that. Things out of my past that I was so ashamed of. I don't even want to talk about them because, you know, oftentimes when people share their testimony, it's almost like they're glorying in that. And we need to remember our past, but we need to glory in the God that's brought us out of that and changed us and made us a new creature, made all things new, given us another chance to do it right. And after 15 years, I'm going to share this again, because some of you need it. A lot of you think you're the only one battling it, but I'm going to tell you what, there's quite a few people in this room tonight that you're battling some, you're dragging that ball and chain from the past that God's already forgiven you for, because you've asked him to. You're a child of God, but you're dragging that past with you. 15 years after I've been preaching and forgiven, the Lord spoke to me in my truck one day. Said, so you think you're greater than I am, huh? I said, no, Lord, I don't think that. He said, yeah, you do. You're judging yourself and holding yourself to a standard. You're trying to hold yourself to a standard that I forgave you for 15 years ago. You think you're greater than I am. I had to pull over. I couldn't drive. I began to weep so hard. And I began to cry out to God to forgive me. For even inadvertently, inadvertently doing that. And I got free in that pickup truck that day. And I don't, I, I'm ashamed of those things still, but I want you to understand something. It's not that ball and chain that I used to drag. Because I realized that it's not me that did that. That was the old me. 
That was the old man. And I'm new. If you're a child of God, so are you. So the question that you need to ask yourself is simply the one that Jesus asked this man. Do you want to be well? Do you want to be different? Do you want to be free? Do you want to be whole? And secondly, in verse 7 what we look at, we see how this man immediately began to make excuses as to why he can't be. Jesus didn't ask him to go into a, an expose on why he couldn't. He just asked him, do you want to? And that's such a typical response to the average person in church today. We begin to give all kinds of reasons and excuses as to why we can't change or we even begin to try to explain or justify why we're doing what we're doing. When we know in our heart it's wrong and I need to be different. So stop making excuses. Just answer the question realistically. Do you want to be different? And thirdly, in verse 8, you've got to learn to hear his word because in verse 8, Jesus just said, Rise, take up your bed, and walk. I saw something there today that I had not seen before. Why did he say, take up your bed? Rise, take up your bed, and walk. Wasn't going to be there anymore. He didn't want him leaving that bed there for, for he could fall back on that safe spot of coming back to it. He wanted him to get up, take that bed, and get out of there. And that's the way he wants us to do. He wants us to get up and take whatever that thing is that's holding us back and not rely on our comfort zone of hanging out with our drug buddies or hanging out with our drinking buddies or hanging out in that sinful lifestyle that's holding me back. He wants me to get up and get out of that environment with no plans of returning. Take your bed with you. Get on down the highway. Get on down the road. Don't think about coming back to that place that for 38 years, I believe it was, he'd been laying there. You need to hear what the Lord's saying tonight. And then fourthly, in verse 9, obey. You've got to obey the word of God. And so what did he do? He got up, took his bed, and he walked. Obedience to God on our behalf is better than anything else we can do at any point in any time is to obey what God says. No matter how small of a thing he's requesting or instructed, no matter how big. To obey is better than any other sacrifice that we can make. To obey is more important than the money we give or the talents that we use, the time that we give. Obedience to the Word of God is what pleases God. It, it, it simplifies things, folks, when you understand how simple it really is. Now, it's hard to do sometimes, but the simple plan is this. This is what God expects of me. Seek Him, hear Him, and obey Him. That's it. It's His responsibility to do everything else. But are you seeking Him? Have you learned to hear His Word? That the Spirit would speak into your heart. Or have you learned to see His Word come alive as you read it? But are you obeying His Word? 
Then I'm going to warn you in verse 10, the devil comes immediately to try to try to tell you, oh man, that really ain't real. See what they do? They told this guy, say, hey, wait a minute. It's a Sabbath. You can't carry your bed. Put it down. His response was exactly what I would want to think mine would have been. He said, hey, wait, all I know is the one that healed me told me to get up and take my bed. So that's what the heck I'm doing. Don't listen to men when they come try to convince you that what the ways of God and what God has said ain't the right thing to do. And then in verse 15, he witnessed. Remember, he went back to him and he told him that it was Jesus that had healed him. Bow your heads. Quite simply, do you want to be different than you are right now? Spiritually, physically, financially, relationally? Do you want to be different than the way that you are right now? Can I see your hand? Yes, many hands. Put them back down. I want you, I'm going to pray over all of you. But I want you to, as I pray, for you to talk to the Lord. For you to verbalize to Him what you need for Him to do in your life. He already knows. But He says you have not because you ask not. And if you do ask, you ask amiss. In other words, you ask not expecting. I want to challenge you tonight to ask and expect the one that has, we have audience with when we pray. The one that has the ability to be the difference maker in your life, in your circumstance, your situation. I want you to expect him to do what needs to be done, to do what only he can do. I believe in the power and the might of God. And I will tell you this unequivocally and I'll move on. There are two things that stop Jesus in his tracks. One is the cry of the desperate. Do you remember blind Bartimaeus, how he cried out on the road and he stopped Jesus in his tracks. If you cry out to him tonight from your heart, you'll have his attention. The other thing is the touch of the sincere. That woman with the issue of blood that had spent all that she had and was no better. She believed in her heart. She was convinced. If I can just touch the hem of his garment, I'll be made well and made whole. And she was. I'm here to tell you tonight, regardless of what your circumstance is, regardless of what your need is, if, if you need physical healing in your body, you need your marriage restored, if you're sincere, if you're desperate, if you'll call unto the Lord, I believe we're going to have testimonies come back and I believe miracles are going to happen. So as I pray, would you pray for your own specific need? Thank you, Jesus. tried to simply and as best I could deliver 
your anointed word to these people tonight. Many have responded that say and by the uplifted hand that I'm tired of being the way that I am and yes I do want to be whole. Spirit, mind, soul and body. And Lord I pray bind the strong man take dominion over the devil. And Lord I invite you by the power of your Holy Spirit and your anointing to sweep across this place and to move in the lives of these men and women. Help them to develop the mind of Christ. Help them, Lord, to shake off the, the weight and the bondage of religion. Help them, Lord, to move past yesteryear and into today and into the now in your presence. Lord, I ask you to deliver crushed emotions to deliver addictions God I ask you to heal infirmities and sickness and disease and Lord I ask you to do a miracle and Lord I dare to ask you to do a medical documented miracle where we can shout it from the highest hill and give praise unto you God, move in our midst. Breathe upon us. Let the healing balm of Gilead flow. Let the virtue of God flow in this house. Nobody's looking around. You'd say, Dennis, nobody's looking. Say, Dennis, I've been hurt so bad in a past relationship. I don't even, I don't think I can trust anybody ever. But I need God to help me with that. If that's you, could I see your hand? I believe the Lord's dealing with me. Yes, 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 yes. Thank you, sir. You don't need to be reminded of your word, but your word says that you'd give us the oil of gladness for the spirit of heaviness. And Lord, these crushed spirits, hearts, and emotions, Lord, I ask you to heal them. Yeah, there's some sorry people out there. But you're a great God. And I ask you, Lord, to heal these who have been done so wrong and hurt so bad and cut so deep. I pray tonight that the oil of the Holy Spirit would be poured in. Healing would take place. Hope would return. Trust begin to develop still no one looking you're saying Dennis I need to be different in the sense that I have an addiction and I desperately want to be free from it tonight could I see your hand 
Slip it up, slip it right back down. Yes, sir, yes, sir, yes, sir. You ask God to deliver you from whatever that addiction is as I pray also. Lord, your word says that you've come to set at liberty those that are bound. God, these addictions are holding.